Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday morning. Welcome to the live broadcast here at Christ Life Ministries. So, um, I want to continue speaking about love today. And uh, after a good night's rest, <laughs> everything is clearer and better today. All right, so I want to start reading in 1 John chapter 4. And 1 John chapter 4 says in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And he who loves his fellow men is begotten of God and is coming progressively to know and understand uh, <clears throat> to know and understand God, to perceive, recognize, and get a better and clearer knowledge of Him. So, to when we show love, when we love one another, when we actually walk in love, uh, we get to understand God, because God is love. Okay, answers. Thanks. So, let us love one another. Love is from God. He who loves comes progressively to know and understand God, perceive, recognize, get a better, clearer knowledge of Him. So we need to understand that this concept that God is love and love is from God. So it, we cannot love one another if we do not have His love for us in us. And when we receive His love for us, we can love one another. But if we receive his love for us and never love one another, we'll never understand God. So we took, touched on it yesterday. So uh, if we don't operate in love, we, we won't understand God. If, you don't, if your heart is not overshadowed by his love, you won't understand him. He will be mysterious to you. But uh, when you receive his love and when, you, when we love one another, we get to know him more because he manifests among us, okay? And we see the effect that love has on people. Verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest, no, verse 8, sorry. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him for God is love. All right, so to, to expect love from someone who doesn't know God is futile, Okay? So he who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not, never did know him. God is love. So if someone has no idea about love, we cannot wring love out of him. We can't expect love from that person by commanding that person to love. That person does not know love. That person does not have God. Okay? So, for that person to love, he needs to be loved. He needs to be, he or she, <laughs> needs to experience love. The effect of love on that heart will transform that person and cause that person to know God and understand God. Okay? And then from there, love. And then they will know God and understand God even more. So, um, the law expected love. The law expects us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength, and love our neighbor like our, ourselves. And at Matthew chapter 22, from verse 34 onwards. So, uh, you know the story, but I'm just going just gonna to refer to it. 
you see the lawyer and a scribe, he comes to Jesus and he says, uh, what is the most important commandment in the law? And he wanted to trick Jesus. He wanted to, to test him. So Jesus answered him, and he quoted out of Deuteronomy and out of uh, Leviticus. And Jesus answered his question, the question of a lawyer in the law of Moses. Okay? Scribe, a Pharisee. He answered his question. He said, this is the most important and principal commandment in the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor like yourself. Okay? He says, this one is the, is the most important, and the next one, you shall love the neighbor more than, uh, you shall love your neighbor like you love yourself. <clears throat> These two stand together. And on them rest the whole of the law and the prophets. It's not the gospel. It's not the New Testament. On them rest the law and the prophets. Now, I want to just focus in on this a little bit. The fulfillment of the law and the prophets must then be us loving the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength, and us loving our neighbors like we love ourselves, right? The fulfillment of the law. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Okay? He starts off by saying, This hope does not ashamed for the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts uh, by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So the love of Christ came when the Holy Spirit came. God is love. Now that the love of Christ is in us, now that we have received him, when we receive and then start to express the love, the law and the prophets in its entirety is fulfilled. Okay? So Romans chapter 8 says, verse 4, it says, uh, let's start a bit earlier. He says, there's now, verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, which is the law of Moses, but after the dictates of the Spirit, which is the new law of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. For the law of the Spirit of life, verse 2, in Christ Jesus, has freed me from the law of sin and death. So you see these two are described in, para in para parallel. The uh, walking after the dictates of the flesh, uh, which must mean the law of sin and death. Uh, walking after the dictates of the Spirit must mean the law of the Spirit and life in Christ Jesus. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Okay? And then he says in verse 3, Romans chapter 8. We just... For God has done, let me just get to it. For God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. So the flesh is the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. And that's what we needed to be saved from. 
the man without the Holy Spirit needed to be saved of the condition of being without the Holy Spirit. So man with the Holy Spirit is saved from the condition of man without the Holy Spirit. So the flesh nature is man without the Holy Spirit. The spiritual man is the man with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit, when the Spirit came, the love of God being shared abroad in our hearts. So he says, God has done what the law of Moses could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. Sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, and deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Okay, so now, the sacrifice, just go back, 1 John chapter 4 says, Verse 12, no man has at any time yet seen God, but, we, but if we love one another, God abides in us. Oh, wait, verse 10 is what I want to read. In this, the love, in this is love, no, no, verse 9, forgive me. In this, the love of God was made manifest where we are concerned, in that God sent his son, the only begotten unique son, into the world that we might live through him. Okay. He sent his son. That's the manifestation of love. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So the manifestation of the love of God is the cross, the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, if we just jump back to Romans chapter 8, he says... He sent his son in the guise of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. Then he says, he deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, law of Moses, but in the ways of the spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is the indwelling spirit, the indwelling Christ. Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Which means the moment your heart is under the influence of the gospel, the words of spirit and life, and that spirit and life comes to your heart, the moment that love hits your heart, love is shed abroad in your heart and the law is fulfilled. So now we can express the fulfillment of the law in us by expressing love. Do you want to understand God? Love your neighbor. You who have the Holy Ghost, you can love. You can decide, I'm going to love this person. Right? So there's this testimony that I heard from Heidi Baker. They minister in Mozambique and there's a lot of illiterate people. There's a lot of very, very poor people. But those people catch the gospel and the power of it. So she would go, just, just background of Heidi Baker, she would go into a village, you know, of unbelievers. And she would just say, bring me your deaf. And they would bring the deaf people. She lay their hands on their ears, they start hearing, and then she preaches the gospel and the whole village comes to Jesus. That's how she operates. Okay, signs and wonders. So they taught on love. And they taught on the power of love that gives life. So we just read it in 1 John chapter 4, so that we might live through him. Okay? So the manifestation of love brings life. Uh, God so loved the, 
the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes might not perish, which means to die, but have eternal life. So life comes through the love of Christ. So there was this lady. She was beaten by her husband. She was abused. She, was, she had a life of hell. He was really bad. He, he spent all their substance on drinking, and he, he, he beat her. And one day, he died. And this woman now describes the testimony. <laughs> and she said her biggest struggle was that, am I going to love him? Because she knew that if she's going to love him, he's going to come back to life. So she was battling inside herself. This man, I'm finally free of all the beating. I'm finally free of all the abuse. This man is dead. Now the question is, am I going to love him? So she decided to love him. She brought him back to life. (laughs) So she loved him. And the love of God, an illiterate poor lady in Africa, in Mozambique, because of the love of God that she received when she decided to love her dead husband, when she decided to love her dead husband, he came back from the dead. Okay? It's just a spammer calling. My phone blocked it. Okay. So, the showing love brings the manifest presence, glory, power of Jesus on the scene that can raise the dead to life. Okay? So this lady brought her now alive husband to the church there at Iris in Mozambique. And she said, so she raised him from the dead. So now you lead him to Jesus. I don't want him to beat me anymore. (laughs) So they were like, you just raised him from the dead and you want us to lead him to Jesus. <laughs> so, but that's the power of the simplicity. The simplicity of love can raise the dead. The simplicity of love can make uh, the, the blind to see. It can make the dead to be raised. It can make the deaf hear, the lame walk. That's the power of the love. Okay. So now he says, so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in a in the ways of the flesh, the law of Moses, but in the ways of the Spirit. So the law of Moses is a bit of a catch-22. It's rituals pertaining to the flesh, governed by a standard, which is Spirit. So the fact that people who are without the Holy Spirit try to do it is is an sure impossibility that they can achieve it because the standard is spirit. But the dictates all pertain to the flesh. It's feasts, new moons, it's calendars, it's look at this kind of food, don't eat that, it's bring this sacrifice, it's at this time do this, then do that, then this way you must pray and you have all these rituals and all these things. And everything is works. All of it is flesh. But the true standard that needs to fulfill, that one needs to fulfill all of those things is spirit. So he says in Romans 
chapter 7, verse 14. He says, we know that the law is spiritual. Okay? That's so weird because all the law speaks of all day long is the flesh. But he says, we know that the law is spiritual. But I am a creature of the flesh, having been sold into slavery under the control of sin. How do you get from under the control of sin? Well, Galatians says, he came made of a woman, born of a woman made under the law so that he might purchase or redeem us from the curse of the law. So he came, perfect love in a human body. And he came and he paid the full price. He had the fullness of the spirit inside him. He had the full, he had everything inside him to completely fulfill everything written in the law. And he fulfilled everything to the letter of all the works of the law by bringing himself as a sacrifice for all sin. His whole life, him coming and him being crucified, him giving up his life for us, is a manifestation and a demonstration of God's love, God's glory, God's wisdom and God's power. So now when we look at that, when we look at what Jesus did, we receive God's love, God's glory, God's power, God's wisdom. Okay? We receive all those things. And the righteous and just requirement of the law that he met for us becomes met in us because that love is transferred to us by the Holy Spirit. So if you can receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the fulfillment of the law. Now, to get to the, to the, rest, to the actual message, <laughs> the, the law comes from the, is based on the knowledge of good and evil. It's based on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it ends in death. Jesus is the tree of life. Now, you do the math. If love brings life, okay, and the tree of knowledge in good and evil, distinguished between right and wrong, which the law really is, brings death. Do you think that you trying to make yourself better by the law will produce anything good? Okay? So the law functions on the fear of penalty. The fear of punishment. Because if someone, there's certain sins that have punishments that people can do an offering for or that people need to bring restitution for, for a thief must restore double what he has stolen if he's found out, etc. Okay, so there's all kinds of things written in the law, how people must do restitution and then they must bring a sacrifice of this and this and this. But then there are sins that lead to death. So there's sins that if you're found out, sorry, booty, cop off, okay? Stoned or whatever, they, the way they kill you, but they kill you dead, okay? So, for instance, uh, adultery was one of those, okay? So uh, look at Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. Look at his response to the woman caught in the act of adultery. So here comes the Pharisees. So... The, the, the death, and it's the same argument with the death penalty in laws of countries now, 
Okay? The death penalty is such a great penalty, such a great uh, uh, sanction that, peop- that they, th- it would be, cause people to be deterred from doing certain things because the penalty is so great. That's the idea behind the law. So the law has power because of fear of the penalty. Okay? Now here comes Jesus. This woman was guilty. The Pharisees wants to enforce the penalty. So they are driven by fear. A fear-driven thing always lifts out the penalty. The penalty. Look at what you've done. There's a penalty. Don't do it. There's a penalty. Okay? So a fear-driven gospel or fear-driven doctrine would always say, yes, but you can't just let people do what they want because there must be a penalty. Otherwise, they're going to do it. So the fear is lifted up to control people. So here comes Jesus. The woman is guilty. No one even said anything. No one contested it. She's guilty. She was caught in the act of adultery. Threw her at the feet of Jesus. So here comes fear. Lifts up the penalty. Moses says that this woman must be stoned. What do you say? And here's love in the flesh. The fulfillment of the law himself. Love in the flesh. He says, okay, you can do it. Writes on the ground. But he says, the one without sin cast the first stone. So they were all like, "Mm." (laughs) and they all conscience stricken went their way. So not one of them could qualify to bring the penalty to fulfillment because that would all mean blood on their own hands. Because none of them had uh, a sinner's life. So the love in Jesus said, I do not condemn you. I remove the penalty. I remove the fear. Now, go and sin no more. Okay? So, in 1 John chapter 4, from verse 16, he says, We know and believe the love God cherishes for us. Again, he says, God is love. He who dwells in God dwells in uh, He who dwells in love dwells in God and God dwells in him. In this union and communion with him, or fellowship with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us in manifestation. So when we have this fellowship with the love of of God, the love grows and is brought to perfection in us, the love that we show towards someone else. Attains perfection for the day, and we have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Okay, so here comes this woman's day of judgment. Okay? She's got nothing to say. She, she has no defense. Nothing. Okay? But what was, what was the saving grace? What was the thing that, that saved her from the penalty? The love of Jesus. Jesus stood up. He said, sure. She's guilty. You, if you are not guilty, cast the first stone. He was the only one not guilty. 
He was the only one that was qualified. So he says, neither do I condemn you. So he removes the penalty. He removes the fear. Okay? Just also remember that woman in Luke chapter 8. And she, Jesus was eating there with a Pharisee. And she cried and wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped it with the hair of her head. And she poured out expensive perfume. She didn't commute. She poured out expensive perfume on his feet. All right? Jesus says to the Pharisee, when I came in, the Pharisee judged Jesus. If he, if he was a prophet, if he were a prophet, this, he would know how wicked this woman is that's touching him. So Jesus said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Uh, there were a debtor, two lender of, uh, a lender of money. He got, had two debtors. The one owed him little, the one owed him much. When both of them had no means to pay him back. So now there's laws and there's fear coming. When both of them had no means, he forgave them both. Which of them do you think will love him more? He said, I take it the one who owed more. He said, you have chosen correctly. See this woman? Look at how she loves me. Why? Because she received mercy. She received forgiveness. She received grace. When I, so what he's basically saying is, when I came into the door, I freely forgave you both. But the Pharisee didn't realize he needed forgiveness. Those who are forgiven little, then Jesus said, loves little. All right? So, love removes the fear of the penalty of the law, which causes people to receive it. And that love causes them to love. All right? So, in this communion with him, so this lady in a moment felt the love. In this communion with him, love is brought to completion. So instead of sinning, she poured out oil on his feet. Okay? And we have confidence for the day of judgment. So she knew. She had confidence before Jesus, who is the judge, because she knew the love. He's not going to judge her. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Redeemed, washed, holy, blameless. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. He's not grown into love's complete perfection. So as long as the church is preaching the law, they're keeping people from growing into love's complete perfection. But when we preach love, when we pour out love, uh, that love has so much transformative power that people can grow into love's complete perfection. The law is a temporary thing, but faith, hope, and love abides. And the greatest of them is love. Okay? Verse 19, we love him. Because he first loved us. All right. So you, yes, 
Keep on receiving the love God has for you. It will cast out all fear. Your heart rests in salvation. The penalty of the law is removed and washed away. And you see the cross, the blood cleanses you. Right? So, but then after you've received it, have fellowship with him who is love. And then let that love flow out of you so that it might transform someone else's life. When you let the love flow out of you, it will cast out all fear. It will cast out all ideas of punishment, all condemnation, all sin, all guilt. All those things removed by the power of the love of God. If you hear any doctrine, and that doctrine uh, is based on an assumption of penalty, an assumption of fear, the doctrine cannot be from God. That's why I'm so verbally, vocally expressed against this end-time rapture nonsense. It's all fear-driven. And it causes people to go back under the law. And it causes people to get stuck in sin. But they are too afraid to ask for help to get out of it. Because of fear of people's judgment. Okay? Let me just say this. Fear will keep you there in the law. It will keep you in bondage. It will keep you in your sin. The love of Christ will remove it from your life. Set you free from the fear of the law. Fear of bondage. And it will uh, let a river or a fountain of love burst forth from your life and people will see a manifestation of God's glory and love and wisdom and power in your life people will see the love of God flowing out of you towards them and you will become an influence of God in the world instead of fearing God trying to not miss the heaven bus any doctrine based on fear you can take this as a rule of thumb does this have a thread of fear going through it. If it does, reject it. It's not God. Okay? Yes, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Good. Yes. The reverential, worshipful fear of the Lord. That's something else. In other words, in God's presence, man, you can give attention to nothing but Him. And you worship Him. And you, you stand in awe of how wonderful and great and, and awesome He is. All right? But a fear driven doctrine that causes people to panic is not of God. It's never from God. All right? So may you know and experience the love that Jesus has in his heart for you. Receive that love, and may that love flow out of your life towards the people around you. Okay, so. I, I didn't even greet everyone. Hello, Dini from Donna Bay. Bless you. It's good to see you. So I'm always lekker om Dini's naam not to see. And mom, pa, vessels. It's lekker om jullie so te sien. Hello, Janine, Nyasha, and Lene, my liefie. Rob, again, from Westland. Bless you, man. It's good to see you there all the time. Powerful. Thank you for bringing the good news. Amen. You're welcome. <laughs> this, it blesses me as well. So, and everyone watching afterwards and... Um, 
Yaku there from New York, bless you. And Peter there from George, you guys, it's always watching. And everyone else is watching. It's good to have you here. Bless you. Amen.